welcome along. It is the gardening programme here on Midwest Radio. It may be Saturday, it may be the 1st of October. It may even be all Ireland final replay day, but we are gardening. Gardening has to be done, <laughs> absolutely. Has. And what and a beautiful it's such a day. gorgeous day and weekend from uh, what we've just read out there. Saturday, Sunday, yeah, absolutely perfect. Lovely height, height um, pressure over Ireland at the moment. So that always brings some welcome sunshine. Frost at night time, of course, the temperatures are getting a little bit cooler. Mm. Um, certainly this morning, uh, you could get that sense of, of frost in the air. And uh, again tonight. So things like the bedding plants are going to probably start uh, turning their toes up in the next couple of weeks certainly um, the softer plants will start to get burnt back geraniums okay. and begonias and busy lizzies and all that type of thing well hanging baskets window boxes will start to kind of go off yeah because I, I was just commenting to somebody yesterday um, because I suppose the temperatures have been pretty buoyant up to now like the leaves are still very green on the trees Absolutely, and all that yeah. and, and there's quite a bit of flowering uh, flowers around and even indeed and I think we touched on this last week on the programme one, one or two questions where there's been regrowth of Certainly. plants that we would expect to have so, really kind of, you know, di died back at this yeah, stage. Yeah, people will see it in their own garden. Lawns are still growing. There's little weed seedlings germinating everywhere. Uh, trees are in, in, still in full leaf. Um, so we haven't had that colder. Well, once you get these colder nights, that's what happens. The sugar start to break down. The green chlorophyll starts to break down. It shows off that lovely colour, that red autumn colour. Mm. Um, and that'll come in very, very, very quickly. But for listeners that are thinking about kind of redoing hanging baskets, window boxes, this is the time to be putting in the winter flowering plants, things like winter heathers, winter pansies, winter violas. And um, they'll continue to flower and do very well during the cooler uh, period of autumn, winter and flower up till April of, of next year. So the replanting of containers can certainly happen over the next couple of weeks. But autumn is also the time for fruit in the garden, Deirdre. And yeah. particularly this year has been quite a good year in terms of um, cropping. cropping yeah. Lots of apples, pears. We had some questions last week about that. Plums, everything really fruited really well this year. So it's time to start picking those fruits now. And again, with the cooler temperatures, they'll start to ripen very quickly. So my advice is really to go out and, and just check, particularly apple trees at the moment, collect fruits before they start to fall. You'll know when they're ripe because you simply lift the fruit. It'll come away in your hand with a slight twist um, and start to pick apples now over the next couple of weeks. Um, anything that's not mature yet, leave it on, on the plant for another um, week or 10 days. But over the, through October, it's time for harvesting uh, apples in particular. Pears are done later, mm -hmm. late October, early November. Um, plums should have been picked by an hour, certainly picked them. And autumn raspberries, again, you're pick, finishing the picking of the fruits um, at, at this time Some. of year. Blueberries, again, they should should have ripened or be ripening. They should be at that point now where they're ready for, for, for picking um, if they haven't been done already. Um, we're also coming into the time of year as the, the leaves start to colour to prune back apple trees. And really, the, my advice is to prune back any whippy growth that they've made this year. So any kind of strong uh, new growth, and most apple trees will, will put on two to three feet of growth per year, mm. that should be shortened back to within six inches of where it started to grow. So you're taking off quite a bit of considerable amount of wood off the trees um, during October. So shortening back whippy growth to within six inches from where it uh, originated yeah. and then once the trees once the leaves fall off it's a good idea to put on a winter wash on fruit trees so that's a, simply a treatment you mix it with water you apply it to the stems and um, the trunk and, the, and around the soil as well and that helps to get rid of any overwintering pests on apple trees you're kind of setting them up for next year so it's very much at the time of year for harvesting fruit for pruning back of fruit trees soft fruit like 
black currants, um, gooseberries, red currants, white currants, all of those can also be pruned uh, during October. So anytime from this weekend on, you can start to prune them back. You selectively take out some of the older wood. So with something like a black currant, you don't cut it right back like a rose bush. Mm. You selectively take out about a third of the older wood because it tends to fruit on uh, second year or third year wood so you're just kind of thinning it out as it were um, and tidying them back um, it's also again the winter wash would be a good idea on black currants once they've been cut back in most fruit trees um, but also those clippings you take will propagate at this time of year so if you dip them in a little bit of rooting powder they'll actually root over the winter right. so you can stick them in to a new piece of the garden and they'll root over the winter period also this time of year October is the time for planting so the planting of fruit trees occurs during October and November. Mm-hmm. So if people are considering putting in a new um, orchard or some apple trees or any of the fruiting plants, uh, this is the time of year, October, any time over the, the next That's six good. weeks. Right. Soil conditions are ideal. They'll settle in very, very quickly. If you're getting new apples or, or pears, get the nursery or the garden centre to prune them back for you uh, before planting and uh, stake them well. And again, this is really the time. Rhubarb, it's the time to split rhubarb. Okay. So if you've got it in your garden, you want to propagate it, spread it to other parts of the garden, or give it away to neighbour and friends, mm. or rejuvenate old rhubarb. This is the time of year that we dig it up. A day like today would be ideal, because you can simply dig it up out of the soil, sharp spray, spade, split it up, and replant it back again. Okay, and it just starts to kind of come on again. Then It'll start over winter and it will. be ready and for. Yeah, now ideally if you're, if you're planting new rhubarb or splitting existing plants, you leave them the first year to grow on and without harvesting. harvesting. But um, And pl- use plenty of organic matter, plenty of rotten manure, stable manure when planting them. So really this, as we come into autumn, this is the time of year for harvesting fruit, pruning back of all fruit trees, except for those that contain a stone. So cherries and prune and um, cherries and plums, plums. or, or um, gauges are left until springtime. Okay. But all other fruits, all the soft fruits, the, the black currants, gooseberries, red currants, white currants, um, they're all trimmed at this time of year. Apples are trimmed this year. And when you harvest the pears at the end of October, early November, that's the time to tr- prune them back as well. Right. Okay. So it's also the time for planting. Um, and it's also a great time of year for taking uh, new shoots or, or cuttings okay. from uh, softwood um, fruit trees like blackcurrants, gooseberries, redcurrants and rhubarb, of course, is a great time for dividing, splitting or replanting new plants. Okay. Um, strawberries as well. This is the time of year to plant strawberries because strawberries benefit from a, a, what we call a chill period over the winter, being left out of doors for the frost and the hailstones and everything to kind of um, chill them over the winter period. It tends to set the flower buds on strawberries um, very well for next spring. So the, again, October is the time for planting okay. strawberries in window boxes, containers or planting them out, out of doors. And I suppose I, in my mind anyway, I would kind of have probably thought uh, it's not necessarily the best time of the year to do that because when we think of strawberries, they're delicate enough and, you know, they do produce this rather delicate fruit. Um, so one would imagine that the winter time is not, a, you know, isn't <laughs> best place for them. But no, that's not the case. One would, but yes, no, no. no. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> no, you, you can plant them in the springtime as well. I'd be afraid to be planting them at this time of the year. I'd say, oh, they'll never work for me. Oh, they will. No. The plants themselves are very robust. They're easy to grow, even though they'll die back quite a bit over the winter with the with, 
with the frost and so on. They're totally out, hardy out of doors, totally frost hardy. Um, but the key thing is that they get that chill period over the winter. The frost ha- helps to initiate flower buds on um, strawberries. So they're, they're planted out this time of year. Or if you've got them in the garden grown as mm. runners, it's a good time to transplant them, to put them into pots or containers or window boxes for next year. But do leave them out of doors. Bring them back then back inside maybe into a polyton or a greenhouse in February after that cool period and the buds then are ready to open and flower and and the bees Uh, to get at them. Great. Okay. Right, let's go to questions. Yes, sure. Is it time to plant back some garlic or am I too late this year? Would springtime be better? No, no. Garlic is is totally uh, winter hardy. It's actually a great time to plant it now at this time of year, particularly if you're clearing out your Mm. own veg garden of of potatoes or or anything else. Garlic can be planted now. You'll get the... uh, Use don't use um, cooking garlic because it sometimes cooking garlic is treated to stop it from sprouting. Yep, to hold it back. So um, there's a very good variety called Marco that you can get in your local garden centre. It's um, quite a strong flavoured garlic. You can split that up into small cloves, plant it at this time of year. It'll actually grow over the winter period and then be ready to harvest in July, August of, of next year. But no, it's totally fine. Japanese onion sets, while, while I think of it, mm. can also be planted this time of year. And the red onion sets. So if you want to kind of put in a um, an onion stroke garlic theme for the winter, they're all available for planting now. Lovely. Um, years ago, my parents had a lovely garden. I remember having a double flowering dwarf daffodil. Okay. Bright yellow heads of full double flowers. Would you know what it might have been? It's a real old variety. Um, so double. So it's got rather than yeah. the kind of trumpet head, it's got really intense. So it's um, very full looking. Very full and short. There's a, a variety called Rip Van Winkle. Okay, that's easy enough to remember. It is. Um, so that's quite a nice one. It only grows about eight, I suppose, maybe ten inches in height. Fully double, bright yellow flowers. Um, real old variety, still available to, to get you. You'll get the bulbs at this time of year. Plant them now in clusters of sevens and no, or nines. And um, it's the type of variety that it actually makes quite thick clumps over a number of years, so you can subdivide it again. So, you know, maybe putting them in groups of sevens or nine, and then in a couple of years' time, you're able to split them up and divide mm-hmm. them out again. So, Rip Van Winkle ah. is the variety. Dwarf, double flowering, bright yellow, lovely variety. Excellent. Now, just to stay with daffodils and dwarf ones for that matter, um, what varieties of dwarf daffodils are suitable for window boxes? I plant purple and blue winter pansies in my window boxes and want some nice short daffs. What's good? Okay, so... Well, what would go well with, with the with the purple and blue, I suppose, the bright yellow. Mm-hmm. February Gold is a lovely variety. Again, about 10 inches in height. It's bright, brilliant bright yellow um, and produces lots of flowers. So that's February Gold, mm-hmm. flowers in February. Uh, my own favourite one is one called Jetfire. So that's got uh, a yellow or an orange trumpet. Right. And yellow, yellow petals. Oh, oh, yellow petals. The, yeah, right. around the edge. So that's 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 really nice. Um, so that's Jetfire again, very short in height. Mm-hmm. You could use the double one that I mentioned. That mm-hmm. Rip Van Winkle would be ideal as well. Um, what else is good? So we've February Gold. We've got Jetfire. Um, there's a huge There's a wide range of yet of dwarf yellow daffodils. Look, a pop into your local garden centre. There's plenty of them there to choose from. Okay, but and a good time to plant them. A couple of options there for you, anyway. Um, uh, now. I'm, I'm, I was so pleased. I had a great crop of wildflowers growing this year. I have been trying to grow them for ages. Now winter is coming. Is there anything I should do that can help improve growth for next year? Brian is in Kiltramaw. 
Okay, well, the key thing with wildflowers is that they grow on impoverished soils. So you don't be putting any artificial fertiliser or, or anything like that on it. Um, so really at this time of year, they've, they've already cast their seed or they're producing their seed at the moment. Um, so allow that to fall. Allow the little seed heads to open and the seed to fall. And then it's a matter of just tidying the meadow up. So literally going out with a strimmer or... Um, a scythe and trimming off the dead foliage right. and, and collecting that taking that off, shaking out the seed and just collecting it and composting it somewhere else um, so you're allowing the seed to naturally cast onto the soil which it's nat- nature's way. It's also a good time of year if you wanted to add a particular um, say if you wanted to add more poppies or uh, maybe more cornflowers mm. or the phacelia, it's a good time of year if you wanted to add some extra seed. So again you could simply get some wildflower seed of a particular species or variety and mix it in fine compost and spread it into that area. It's also a good time of year in wildflower meadows. Remember that they flower typically June through till September. So why not put in some spring colour? So why not plant some of the spring bulbs? So things like the um, fritillarias, the lovely um, dwarf fritillarias, which are really nice, these little nodding heads Mm. in February and March, some snowdrops, some bluebells. Um, some of the, the narcissi could be planted because then you've got some spring colour from the bulbs and then the, the summer meadow will come into flower June, July, August, September onwards. So okay. a good time to um, cast the seed that's there already, tidy up the, the wild meadow um, area, plant some spring bulbs into that area and if you wish they want to add, say, some extra colour from a particular, say, the blue facelia or whatever, a good time to sow seed. So that's what I would be doing with the wild meadow. With wild meadow. You tend to find that um, the, it gets better as it gets older. So the ten, the first year you might get fifty percent of the plants to flower. Year two you get eighty percent of them. And plants. is that is that because it's kind of reseeding itself, mm. and there is greater, I suppose, there's more propensity going back into the ground. Well, yeah, and generally when you when you buy a wild flower meadow mix, you have got annuals and perennials. The annuals tend to flower year one and self seed. Okay. The perennial varieties take t- up to two years to come into flower, so they do a lot of green growth for the first year and then come into flower the second year on. But don't be afraid to put some spring bulbs in as well because you've got to get that colour. It's lovely to have that colour in the springtime and then with the wildflower meadow coming into flower then during the summer and you can mix the two quite comfortably together. And I suppose by virtue of its name uh, and I know I get these presumptions wrong sometimes but it is a wildflower meadow so it's kind of self-maintaining a lot of it. It is. Yeah, really at this time of year it's only a matter of tidying it back um, and as you say, there's very little maintenance to it. I mean, you don't have to add any fertiliser because it actually dislikes that. Um, it, so it likes, it likes to be on kind of impoverished type soil. Mm-hmm. Um, keep an eye on, on some of the weeds as well. Sometimes you get you might get some weed species coming in and, and taking over. So just keep manage it a little bit as well. And they can be lifted out if, if there's too many. Now, a couple of questions on hydrangeas. This year, uh, hydrangeas, half of them flowered. Some had heads that formed but didn't flower and some didn't produce heads at all. They were totally pruned back to the base about four years ago. We had a brilliant show last year, but this year has been disappointing. Okay, and you can often find that where you prune, and I often advocate for if you want to kind of regenerate an old hydrangea plant, one of the tips is to prune it severely back, all the branches back. Now, what you get in in year one is lots of vegetative growth, new growth, because you're still stimulating the plant to produce lots of new energy. That's what pruning effectively does to any plant. It encourages to replace all that old wood and new growth by producing lots of new shoots. So you tend to find in the in the in the subsequent years, you know, year one, two or three, that you'll get um certainly the year one you'll get no flowers. Year two you'll get quite a good show of colour, but you also get lots of new growth happening as well. 
which doesn't flower, which skips the following spring. So hydrangeas flower on two-year-old or three-year-old wood, on older okay, wood. Right. So by pruning it really hard back, you're encouraging lots of new growth for several years. And remember, any new growth that made this year, for example, won't flower until next spring. Yes. So sometimes you get this, um, a plant with half it flowering and, and half it just green growth. And that green growth has been produced this year. It doesn't flower in year one. It'll flower next year. So my advice, really, what the listeners should do this year is as as the flowers fade, as we go through the winter, as we come into February of next year, just remove the, the shoots that have flowered this year. So you'll see the old flower on them. You follow that back and you prune that out. Any of those green shoots that the listener describes yeah. that haven't bloomed this year, you leave alone because that's where the blooms are going to be carried this next, year. Okay, yeah. next year. Yeah. Next, yeah, yeah, sorry, next summer, next summer, that all, that all that new growth will actually flower. Um, and it'll start, to, because it's four years old now, it'll actually start settling down in terms, it won't be producing lots of Green. new vegetative yeah. growth. That has happened because of the very severe pruning three to four years ago. Um, so you, you get that kind of strong growth over the next, you know, over that okay, kind of so three it's year quite, period. Right, so it's having just a bit of a rest here this year then. Uh, uh, well, it's just that it has produced lots of green. new growth yeah. And then won't flower in year one, but they will come into flower this this, this coming this year. year. Um, because you're only taking out some of the shoots that flower this mm. year, you're not going to stimulate an awful lot of new growth this year. So actually the plant should flower really well next summer, next June, July. It'll really come into flower. It's probably made a, quite a big plant again. Mm. And all of that wood now is, is mature wood. So you should get a spectacular show of colour this coming Okay, yeah, um, you've answered a question I was wondering about myself. <laughs> yeah, so we, yeah. we often advise that like, typically the pruning for, for the common hydrangea is February and you remove the flowering growth. And that just kind of keeps it maintained. In February. In February. But you're only taking out the shoots that actually have flowered this year. And you'll see the old flowers on top of them. Any of the green shoots or that were green shoots this summer without blooms, yes. you leave alone because okay. that's where the colour is going to come Excellent. This, this year. Um, so... There's nothing to be done with it apart in February to prune back the, the, the yeah. shoots that flowered this year and give it a rose feed in March and April and it'll, 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 it'll it should be a uh, really good show of colour this this coming great, summer. Great, great, because I planted a few hydrangeas that I know I'd mentioned to you previously. Yours are different. Two, oh, they're different. Yours right. are, you've got the Annabella varieties, yes. which are, <clears throat> they're pruned actually in a different oh, way. Oh, now you see, Val. <clears throat> And if we go into that, we're going to confuse okay, people completely. No, no, we won't do that at uh, all. So yeah. we, yours we'll, are pruned in a totally, okay. totally different Pr- way. You prune your hydrangeas in February. That is the answer to the question. Well, you prune the the, the ordinary mop head varieties, yeah. the, the common one you see in most gardens, the, the blue, the pink, um, the purple variety with that big mop head, saucer-like flower. That's pruned in February, removing the old, the wood that flowered this summer, the old flowering wood, you okay. remove that out. Yours are treated in a totally different way. And we'll talk about that later. We will. We'll do that one <laughs> some other time. <laughs> wedding cake tree, moving on. The wedding cake tree, four tiers high. Can I cut it back, asks Anne. Well, uh, like the wedding cake tree, that's corn, one of the varieties of Cornus. Cornus controversia variegat. It's a beautiful specimen tree with lovely variegated leaves and red stems. And it produces, it gets the name wedding cake tree because it produces these lovely tiers of growth. They're horizontal to the main stem. So when you look out of the tree, it resembles, I suppose, a tiered cake. Mm. Um, now, it's not a particularly big tree. I mean, it'll grow to probably about 12 to 15 feet, making maybe five to six tiers eventually. So I think you'll spoil it if you prune the top of okay. it. Um, so I will leave it alone. It, remember, it's not going to make a very big tree anyway. It's not going to cast shade or cause any problems. And with five tiers or six tiers on it, it'll look really 
really it well. So the answer is to the question is if you want to prune it, you can, but I think you may end up spoiling the actual shape of the tree. I would leave it alone. It's not going to grow a whole lot bigger, maybe another two to three feet um, maximum, mm. and um, it'll stop at that then. So leave it alone, really. Okay. I have sweet potatoes sown in my piley tunnel. I bought them as plants. When will they be ready to harvest? Also, I have a yew hedge planted 18 months ago. It hasn't grown much. Any suggestions on how I might boost it on? Okay, well, let's start with sweet potatoes. So sweet potatoes take between 90 and 100 days to mature. So depending on when you plant them. So so that's what? That's about three months of... um, that's about three months of growth. of growth before the actual tubers. So normally the tubers aren't ready till about the middle of October, the end of October. Now, at this time of year, I wouldn't be necessarily feeding them. Really, all you do is continue to water them um, because the tubers are forming at the moment. There's no point in putting on uh, liquid feeds like tomato feeds now because the growth is, is slowing down. We've only another two or three weeks before you're going to harvest them. Mm. So really, with sweet potatoes, all you're doing is managing them uh, in terms of watering them, keep them in the polytunnel. Uh, once we get a bit of severe frost, it will actually kill back the foliage. And at that stage, you're ready then to harvest. So around the end of October, the first week of November, that's the time to start lifting the sweet potatoes out of the pots and containers. Okay. Um, so look, at just maintain the watering. Uh, don't bother feeding them and then harvest them sometime about the end of October. Now, if the weather stays very mild in October like it is at the moment, you could let them go into November. But generally about the end of October, they're ready for um, harvesting at that stage. So 90 to 100 days is the, that's the period it takes to harvest your sweet potato. And you'll get about two or three. Per uh, plant. Per plant, yeah. Okay. Per plant, yeah. They're great. They're, 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 um, and you, you know, they're a climbing plant. They're a twisting they're plant. Twisting, and normally yeah. they'll make about four to maybe six feet of growth in a, in a given uh, year. Okay. Oh, so then they're used again next year. Is that the... Well, you can save they the... They're sown from the actual tuber. So you would save the tuber. The plant, the, as I said, the frost will actually kill the plant, the foliage of the plant back. And um, that's the trigger to, to lift the uh, tubers. You can eat the tubers then during the winter period. They store extremely well. And um, one tip, you'll notice the... the they're kind of ready for harvesting when the colour starts to go to a kind of a pink ting- pigment. You know when you buy them in the shops, they're kind of pinky in colour mm-hmm. or slightly reddish in colour. That's the kind of sign that they're ready for harvesting. Uh, but once the foliage dies anyway, that's the time to harvest them. If you want to keep one then to use to plant next year, you can do that. Uh, and you sprout okay. it like a potato. I'll, I'll remind people how to do that okay. in maybe March and April of next year. Lovely. But they're well, they're well, if you've got a tunnel in a greenhouse, they're a nice novelty item to grow. Now, good morning. I was wondering if I can kill ivy with Hytrol brushwood killer and replant the same beds later, asks Tessa. Yeah, well, I was making the point about ivy, you know, particularly on trees. Um, remember last week it was mm-hmm. a, a bit more blowy t- than today. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this is the time of year for controlling it or, or killing back ivy. Um, so brushwood killer is fine. Paint it onto the actual leaf of the plant and that will kill it. Um, and, and, you know, within a week or 10 days it should have died back. The brushwood killers won't contaminate the soil. So if you need to plant in something then um, next spring, okay. that's that'll be fine. So now is a good time to do that. Great. A butterfly tree. Can I cut it back? Asks Patrick. What's a butterfly tree? The butterfly tree or butterfly bush. This is a plant called Budlia. Okay. Um, we'd have talked about this one before. It's okay. a very common, very easy to grow plant, first of all, loved by butterflies and bees because it produces huge amounts of nectar. So it produces really long flowers. They're about maybe six or eight inches in length. Um, 
very colourful, very easy plant to grow. This is a plant particularly for new new, new gardeners or if you wanted to, to uh, fill up an area very quickly, mm-hmm. uh, a border or a bed. Planting a, bu- a, a butterfly or buddleia now, it will grow four to five feet in one year and certain something similar in diameter. So it's quite a big oh, chunky okay. plant nice. with hundreds of flowers produced from it. Um, and the way to, to treat it is to prune it severely back after flowering. So now is a good time to do that. It actually roots very easy from cuttings as well. So if you are pruning it back and you want to propagate it, again, pencil end, pencil thickness, stick them in the ground and they'll grow. They're that simple to grow, to grow from slips or from cuttings. So yeah, um, butterfly bush, really good plant, um, very easy to grow. It does respond to severe pruning, so treat it like a rose bush. I would prune it within a foot of soil level, really tight back, and then you can use those clippings at this time of year to propagate and start off a few new plants. You'd often see it growing in, or certainly years ago, you'd see it growing in Dublin on walls, you know, on, on houses oh, where it has okay. seeded itself. It's yeah. into little cracks and crevices and it, and it germinates and, and grows. So you can actually sow it from seed or from, from cuttings. It does make a shrub, a big, quite a big plant. And for listeners that have in the garden and maybe have never pruned it, uh-huh. remember it does respond to severe pruning. And unlike the hydrangea, it will actually come into flower next summer again. So even by pruning it hard back, it still flowers on, on new growth and new okay. wood. Sounds like uh, but, uh, something bush. for people who aren't maybe uh, all that good at growing things. Well, it's a, it's a, a really easy yeah. plant to grow, but um, the butterfly bush or buddleia comes in white, purples, pinks, mm. those kind of shades and um, very colourful plant, very easy plant, great filler. It's a really good filler. plant for filler. Okay. Yeah, for filling up an area. Now, it needs a, a relatively dry soil uh, you know, reasonably dry soil, like you know, ordinary garden soil. But if it's if it's excessively wet, it tends to fall over and get damaged. So um, pick okay. a dry kind of sunny Sounds spot for it. Now, I'd love to have a plant, a wall planter climber, t- to produce pure white flowers to cover a trellis. What climbing plants only produce white flowers? Okay, interesting, isn't it? Yeah, I, I like that <laughs> question. I was wondering about something like that myself. The white garden. The white, yes, the white garden. Okay, so anything come to mind? Uh, well, Any I haven't plants? got that far yet. Okay, well, <laughs> climbers. So climbers would flower white flowers, pure white flowers. Clematis, so, I presume. Yeah, well, there are varieties think, yeah. of, of clematis. Um, Montana alba, which is a, a lovely white flowering uh, form of clematis. Armandii, which is another really nice, um, easy to grow. It's an evergreen variety of um, clematis. Um, flowers in the springtime, Armandii. So that's pure white. Um, Montana Alba, again, flowers in the springtime. If you want one to flower this time of year, there's a clematis called Winter Beauty, yeah. which be- produces white nodding uh, flowers, which is quite nice as well. But you've also got plants like the jasmine, the, the white jasmine. Um, so that's um, the climbing uh, jasminum with mm-hmm. pure white flowers in the summertime um, highly scented really easy to grow another nice one called um, solanum which is actually in the potato family um, now the, the normal uh, solanum glasnevin produces blue flowers but there is one called solanum jasminoides which means jasmine like it's actually still in flower in gardens at the moment very easy plant lovely walled plant um, it'll grow 8-9 feet in height green leaves but beautiful pure white flowers um, so that's Solanum jasminoides. There's another plant called Tracheospernum, um, which again has evergreen leaves. So look, pop into your local garden centre. There's lots of really good uh, white, pure white flowering climbing plants. It was climbing, wasn't it, that we're looking for? Yes, they have a trellis. Yeah, so all of those are fine. So the Solanums would be good. There's varieties of climbing roses like Iceberg, which is pure white. Varieties of Clematis that are pure white as well. Um, that Solanum jasminoides for me is 
probably one of the nicest because it flowers for such a long period. It starts in late May and continues. It's actually still in bloom at the moment okay. and it's totally hardy and easy to grow. grow. Porrick, can you explain the connection with Mayo and the Irish yew tree, please? We're having this debate on our way up to Croke Park. Please help. <laughs> <laughs> sorting so, out a bet, are uh, Yeah, you're going to sort. Is there a bet on there? Um, anyway, uh, let me find. Yes, there was a question on the U tree, and it was part two of the one it was on. Was to do with a hedge or something? Or trim it, yes, or something. sorry, I found it. A U tree hedge planted 18 months ago. It hasn't grown much. Any suggestions how you might boost it up? Well, U trees, first of all, are extremely slow growing, so don't expect it to be producing the sort of growth that um, other hedges you know, will, will like laurels or escalone will produce. So it's very, very slow growing. Look at, at this time of year, you're not in the time of year for feeding plants, so leave it alone. Mm. Um, it, it doesn't even need a trimming at this time of year. It's only 18 months old. So leave it alone for the winter. It's totally hardy. User, tough as old nails. They're very slow growing, so expect that as a hedge, which long term is going to be great because it makes it very, very easy to maintain and look after. So leave it alone feed it in the springtime with something like the Osmo Pro 6 in April, May yeah. and that'll see it fine. fine. The connection with, with uh, Mayo, Mayo is, yeah. well, the the word Mayo, Mayo, Mayo. means Plains of the U. And the U tree was planted. Um, it's it's a native Irish plant, first and foremost. People often think that it's a... Uh, it's, um, you know, it's one of our Irish native trees, the Irish Irish yew. Um, it's an evergreen conifer, very slow growing. Um, and Mayo takes its name from the plains of the yew. That's what the, the word Mayo actually means. Okay, um, so the there must have been uh, yew plains uh, in the vicinity of the county or it must have been known for it at some point. Absolutely. Well, it was planted extensively, I suppose, in, in estates, in churchyards, mm. in graveyards. Um, and obviously in, in all the old gentry houses the yew was always planted because it was evergreen it retains its foliage it has lovely red berries in the winter um, it was thought that it's, you get different stories but people say that obviously it's poisonous so it was planted in graveyards to prevent okay. stock from, from being go- okay. wandering, you right. know, as, which as very pr- very practical yeah. approach, yeah. So they're they're not going to be in on top of graves and stuff like exactly. that. Exactly, and but also it's interesting that it was used for the production of arrows. So in medieval times, it was planted extensively for the production of bones and arrows. Arrows okay. in particular okay. was made from the yew tree. So um, it's a native Irish tree, very easy to grow. It makes a super hedge, and uh, but do remember, it is poisonous. The foliage. And the ber- the seed in particular, the berry itself isn't poisonous, as in the flesh isn't poisonous, but the seed inside is highly poisonous, as is the foliage. Okay. Well, I, we hope that answers the debate in the car on so. <laughs> the way to Croker so, today. So, we all is the plains of the U. So, there is obviously the tree associated with, with this Mayo. particular part yeah. of the world. You know, planted uh, in places like Mayo Abbey and in many of the abbeys and around churchyards in particular. Um, I think there's still a wood, an Irish yew wood in Kerry, if memory serves me right. Okay. Anyway, that's just... Right. That's, yeah. that's, a, that's an exploration for another day. Exactly. Right, we're going to move on from yews uh, to laurel hedges. Uh, can they still be cut back even if there's frost at night? Ah, they can. If you want to give them a light trim back now, with hedges in general, um, they're not going to be making any new growth now, but you can just tidy the actual foliage back, trim them back, tidy them up for the winter. It stops them getting knocked about. Um, so take a couple of inches off them and they'll be perfectly fine. Now, Luke is in Wexford and Luke listens to the podcast in every Wexford. week. Yes, good morning, Luke. Um, and notes that perhaps the podcast didn't make it up last week. Apologies, I wasn't aware of that. I am responsible, <laughs> mea culpa. Let me tell you for doing that. So I was unaware I did. I thought I had put it up properly, but I'll, we'll double check. So it might be a technical difficulty. 
difficulty, but we'll get it sorted one way or well, another. Well, it's a good thing to yeah. remind listeners that if they do want mm. to listen back at any stage, and the whole there's a whole archive of all our uh, of all, programs yeah, from here. The, yeah, exactly. So you, you can go back and listen to the program anytime. Generally, about what a half an hour, an hour after the show. Well, it's available. yeah, it takes about uh, probably about an hour, yeah, yeah. to be because then uh, the, the the servers at uh, this the tech. I don't want to barge you with technical stuff, but the servers need to pick it up. So by the time it gets transferred over yeah. to where, but it's a great facility for up. people to be able to go back and listen to, it, particularly if we've mentioned something, a name or a variety of something yeah. that you can I know, just and, catch and it. I mean, yes, exactly, because there are lots of names and uh, of different plants or whatever given out, and it, it is something and particularly if we're on the Latin names um, it can be a little bit difficult to remember <laughs> what they were I do have to wonder how do you spell that mm-hmm. um, now um, never ask me that question no. <laughs> <laughs> okay um, I've just noticed the Budley is spelt with a J yeah. rather than an I but there you go um, A lot now we've a couple of long questions which we need to address okay. so I'm going to try and put these together as quickly as I can for your pork a lawn planted in spring it did well now but it has some weeds mm-hmm. what might be able to do Uh, a lawn with some moss Uh, my lawn is approximately 1500 square yards in size how much of the zero do I need to use to uh, address that uh, also, is it uh, oh, is it too late at this stage to set a, a new lawn? Martin is in Balmullet with that question. I sold my lawn in April this year. Did really well, nice and green. Used the green velvet seed, but I do notice again some weeds growing now. So can okay. we treat those? And uh, our lawn covered in moss so bad that they think they need a new lawn. They've tried everything. They say they are wondering would they get it dug out now or do they wait until next year to sell that new lawn? Well, I would to be honest, I would treat it and. and and remove the moss that's there. We had a question last week actually from somebody that wondered if they treated the moss with the, with the, with the grass regrow mm. underneath and you'll often find that once you kill the moss it's actually suppressing the grass and you get a, a fresh um, germination and a new growth of, of grass that's actually suppressed underneath the moss. So my advice really would be to eliminate the moss that's there at the moment. In in, in relation to the zero, generally a, a bottle of zero will cover 2,000 square yards. So it covers quite a big area, the one application. And this sort of weather we're having this weekend would be ideal for getting on mm. lawn because it works so, so quickly. Um, in relation to weeds in the lawn, you're just really seeing the weeds. The lawns have been growing all summer long. They're still growing at the moment. Um, generally, a lot of the weeds, particularly in new lawns, are suppressed with the mowing, the regular mowing of the grass. But if you've got some persistent things like daisies and clover, if you leave the lawn for about a week or 10 days and then apply something like the dicoflower, even at this time of year, you get a very good kill. Right. So leave, don't mow the grass for about 7 to 10 days get a nice fine day like today, mix up a little bit of dico flour with a little bit of washing up liquid into the mix, put that onto the uh, affected areas that, where the, the weeds are and it'll kill them off within seven seven or eight days time so it's still ideal for actually controlling weeds in general in the garden not just in the lawn yeah. um, in terms of sowing the lawn if you've got the ground ready my advice is to put the seed in so if you're ready to sow it will germinate over the next two to three weeks if you're only at the stages of tilling the soil and preparing it well you know it, it's going to be too late for sowing um, you know as we go into November it's just too late but if you're at the stage where you need to reseed or repatch or you've got the groundwork ready for re-sowing then certainly you could put the seed on and it will germinate within a two to three week period at this time of year um, so autumn is 
is still a good time, depending on the weather conditions. If it gets too wet, obviously you, you hold off. But certainly at the moment, it would be ideal for putting a bit of seed down. It'll germinate no problem whatsoever. It's also the time of year for feeding lawns. Put on an autumn feed at this time of year. It doesn't accelerate growth, but what it does do is give it a nice green colour without forcing growth. So you get a lovely green colour through the lawn for the winter period. So lawns will benefit at the moment from reseeding, certainly controlling the moss, do that if nothing else, and put on some autumn feed as well. Now, a couple of blueberry questions. I know we have touched on them already a little bit when we were talking about harvesting fruit at the start there. But um, first of all, when we do and how do we go about cutting back with the blueberry bushes? And my blueberry darrow type fruit uh, fruited really well this summer. It must have gotten a couple of pounds of the plant. Right, right, yeah. uh, I didn't know it had be asked there for a second. Do I need to trim it back now? And what about the food? Well, that's a very good variety, yeah. darrow. darrow. It's a self-fertile variety. So if you only wanted to plant one, put that one in. It's um, self-fertile. It produces really, really large uh, blueberries, you know, often mm. kind of like the size of a small grape, it's quite a good one. Um, pruning back is really just a matter of shortening back any whippy growth, any kind of, um, any growth that has gone out too far from the plant. So trimming it back by about six inches all round is all you need to do. Um, and that's it for gooseberries or for blueberries for the winter. Leave them alone until next spring and then put on an ericaceous feed. Um, something that has kind of a um, suitable for rhododendrons or azaleas, that type of acid food is ideal for blueberries as well. So a light trimming back, pick the fruit off them now, light trimming back. They go a lovely red colour for the for the autumn, mm. super um, autumnal colour in blueberries. Um, shorten back the stems and then feed next spring. And again, a good time for planting new varieties. Now, my red dogwood is just turning a nice red colour at the moment okay. and it has the lovely red stems. Also, does it need some pruning now? They're all mad for pruning, pruning. at the moment. Yeah, pruning, yeah, enjoy pruning. it for another week or two. <laughs> well, you see, it's, the leaves are turning a lovely red colour at the moment um, and then enjoy the red stems until February or March of next year. So leave the plant alone, certainly till the end of March, early April. And as the new leaves are stomach, starting to come on, that's when you prune dogwood back. Now, the particular variety that they're mentioning there mm. is different to the the wedding cake tree, which is a dogwood as well, a cornus. So they're two different varieties. But that's the bush form, the ordinary shrub form. Mm. So enjoy the red stems during the winter months. And then as we come into early spring, that's the time to prune that particular variety hardback, close to ground level. I've one apple and one plum tree side by side. They're eight years old. Two apples... Uh, only ever came on it one year and no plums at all. They flower but they have no fruit and I live near the sea. Right. Well, I'm not surprised. The they apple need won't... Fred? Do they need friends? <coughs> they do. The apple yeah. won't pollinate the plum unfortunately yeah. okay. and vice versa. So you need to get... Generally when, we, when we're planting fruit trees, and I should have mentioned that at the start of the programme, um, you need to put them in in... in different varieties so if with apples a minimum of three varieties to cross pollinate and go for different varieties so the likes of James Grieve Katie um, Green Sleeves those three varieties planted together work really well and pollinate one another James Grieve is a particularly good pollinator of other apple trees so my advice is to put in at least another one or two apple trees with the plums they can take up to six to seven years to fruit anyway the self-fertile varieties are varieties like Victoria and Opal um, but having said that they will fruit on their own as they mature but it's often a good idea to put in a partner as well because you get X plus Y fruit you get extra fruit from having a partner in so put in a couple at least two more apple 
three varieties, one preferably James Grieve, and with the plums, maybe add in an additional one as well. Mm. Beside the seed side as well, it is challenging because when they're in flower, if you get any sort of windy weather, you need the bees to pollinate the flower. So sometimes in seaside gardens, particularly if they're open, yeah. pollination can be tricky depending on the because weather. the weather and the exactly. wind would blow. The bees just won't go to a garden that's, that's open and very, you know, if it's windy at that time. they're going to get a bit battered around the place. Exactly. But the minimum you need to do is put in at least two new varieties of apples for cross-pollination and I'd put in another plum tree as well. Now, uh, Mayor's Taylor, we haven't probably touched on that for... We've spoken about that for months. A couple of programmes. <laughs> good old Mayor's Tale. <laughs> but it's back. Uh, <coughs> so Sarah has a problem and a weed killer, please, for the Mayor's Tale. Well, it's dying back now at the moment. Um, there, are, there is a, a weed killer called Neerdorf. Neerdorf, you'll actually see the picture of the Mayor's Tale on the... Um, on the actual bottle. So Neerdorf, you mix it in water and apply it to the foliage. Now, the foliage needs to be green and it is beginning to die back. So if it's still green, it'll still work. Um, if it's not, um, you know, it's dying back at the moment. So depending on which green pigment or green colour is in the actual mare's tail, um, maybe consider, if, it, if there's plenty of, of growth on it, certainly put on the Neerdorf now and you will get, um, it, it will have an effect or else leave it to the next spring. Now, mare's tail is one of these per- persistent uh, weeds that is very difficult to control. You need to repeat the treatment on it uh, to actually eliminate it. Okay. So one application isn't enough. You want it to persist with it. Now I know we touched fairly well on hydrangeas mm. already but I just noticed there's a question in on the email, Porek, um, which is something uh, specific that we didn't get to look at. Um, my hydrangea starts out every year looking green and lush but it starts to bud. The leaves turn black and rust coloured. Um, now the person in the Colette's she sent a photo but it doesn't seem to have attached but anyway um, and the mop heads end up looking the same so rust well rust rust can affect there's a rust disease of of hydrangeas which you can treat for if the listener maybe resends the the resends the email and let me have a look at the actual uh, foliage but you can use a preventive spray you can use a, um, a copper fungicide spray to to arrest the rust problem in springtime. Um, so that would want to be done in April, early May as the plant is coming into leaf to stop it from spreading. Uh, but just resend the email again and we'll have a look at we'll it and, look. and uh, give you a specific answer on Saturday. And just oh. to remind people, it's garden at midwestradio.ie if you are emailing the programme. Now, what are two more before we finish up, Porik? My strawberry has stringers hanging from them. Do I reset them? Runners. runners. So they're the runners, yeah. So you can, if you want to propagate your strawberry plants, those little runners can be um, put them into a small pot of compost. They'll reroot and uh, you can plant them somewhere else. So it's a great way of propagating. Now make sure that the, the mother plants are healthy, that there's no virus nor disease in them, that they're a nice and healthy. It's a great way of propagating strawberry plants to start off a new generation. Okay. And I have a bare patch in the garden, uh, in the corner of a garden. Would wildflowers suit? Well, wildflowers will suit an open, it needs to be a bright, open location um, with reasonably free draining soil. And if, 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 if you've got those elements, then yes, they will. They'll do very, very well. But consider putting in some of the spring bulbs as well, because they are so hardy and so easy to grow. And they give offer a bit of colour when the um, wildflower is still dormant in the springtime. So maybe put a mixture of spring bulbs in at this time of year mm. and some uh, wildflower seed. And you can still sow wildflower seed even as we slip into October. Okay, I suppose it depends on uh, what's Shade, in the garden and where, where exactly the bare patch is. Yeah, maybe take, again, take a photograph of the area, send it into us or, or bring it into the garden centre and 
we'll give you specific advice on it. Okay, great. We're going to have to leave it there, Paul. Okay, I won't be here next Saturday. Just yeah. to let listeners know I'm, okay. I'm, I'm away so, next Saturday. So it's, it's, it's the extended version of the Saturday morning breakfast program till 10 a.m.? Yeah. yeah. And so I'll be back the following. Okay. So keep sending those questions keep in and, we, yeah, and we'll and, deal with them. And any of those that we haven't actually gotten to address on the program today. Yeah. We'll or you can send me a question on Twitter at Pori Corkin or on Facebook at my on my Facebook page at Pori Corkin as well. Okay, great stuff. Pork, thanks indeed for all of that Pleasure. today. Of me Of me Well, absolutely. Ganairi and Thaliv Galera today. Uh, as you know, my colours are slightly different normally, but today I think we are all most certainly red and green and we really, really hope that you do the business. Until next Saturday from me, have yourselves a great weekend.